It's pink pill time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll go to many distant lands with the Keys community and all our friends. The fun it'll never end. It's pink pill time. Welcome everybody into season two, episode one of the new and improved Pink Pill, sponsored by the Keys Community and Keys Dow. I'm your host, Ethan Lorian, joined up here on stage right now by Alt Synonymous as a co-host. And Rob G, we got a very special one today. Alts, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Always, uh, always feel great hearing you play. I'm loving it. It's a nice change, right? Yeah, it's usually, wonderful, man. Usually we'd be thumping Jay Z in, but uh, you know, an Adventure Time riff is all good in my world. Rob, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. What's up, everybody? Yes, love the live music. Season two, here we go. Excited. Well, this is a new and improved and a special season two as we get people up on stage trying to get uh, Kriegel up here as co host. Um, we have the team from Drops and Luxo coming in uh, as we get them up on stage here. It might just take a minute, you know, working out the bugs. Twitter spaces are not always the most friendly to get everybody on the same page, but once we get cooking, I'm sure we'll be going. Um, and speaking of that cooking, how you doing in the audience? Just send me a heart if you let me cook. Oh man, you got a laughing emoji instead. That's that's cold blooded, man. Cold blooded. Kriegel, how you doing, my friend? Hey guys, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, busy Sunday. Really looking forward to uh Talking some Luxo and some drops here. Oh, we got Samuel in. Let's give some invites out. Kriegel, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a year. Yeah, I feel like it's been a minute. There's lots of things going on in the background, but, um, you know, we're here right now. And uh, I'll have some updates for you guys soon on a couple of things. So exciting things happening. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, Carlos, Sam, if you're having trouble getting up here, just shoot me a DM. Um, try to get you up top so we can get talking here. Other than that, in small talk, um, thanks to Beb.eth and clone tools for making it incredibly easy to start playing around with my clone. Once I fell down the blender hole, like I couldn't get out of it. And then even went so far as to teach myself uh, how to put a brick wall behind me and make uh, a render that I'm pretty, pretty proud of at this point. Like I think that thing's pretty hot. Yeah, it looks, it looks good, man. <laughs> I'm glad to see you. You finally get your files and start playing around. Fantastic. All right, we got Carlos up here. Carlos, how are you doing today? Welcome to the Pink Pill. Hey, uh, Ethelorian. Thanks. Uh, it feels great to be here. Uh, finally meeting all of you guys. Uh, it's awesome to um, to see, you know, some of the people behind the community and all the work you guys have been doing. Um, I'm really excited for this, and hopefully... 
uh, we can shed some light on what we're doing, um, answer some of your questions, community questions. Uh, a big shout out to all of you for putting this together as well. Uh, I hope this is a good one. I'm sure it will be because anytime we get to talk to builders in the space, it only benefits everybody, right? Which is fantastic. Um, so like, I'm actually super pumped here um, looking at the opportunity to speak with you today, Carlos, because the first thing I noticed is you went to MIT. I live in Massachusetts. So I think that that's kind of a cool connection right away. You kind of know my homeland here. Yeah. Uh, the, the MIT, you're talking about the blockchain degree I took. Uh, that was actually remote. Um, I was not uh, in the US at the time. I was actually in London. But um, yeah, I got to meet a lot of people from there, to be honest. Uh, including one of the lecturers, uh, you probably know him. Uh, it was it, I don't know, record his name, uh, remember his name. It was John. Um, he organized meetups uh, all over the place, including MIT for a few years. Um, it was but it was honestly it was a real eye opener at the time because I was working with uh, with crypto projects already. Um, but I did not delve into the business applications at the time besides what we saw uh, in crypto at the time, which was basically Uniswap projects. That gave me a bit of an overview on how corporates uh, is tackling things and, and the perspective that they have, uh, which funnily enough is uh, quite different from what most people think. Um, they don't actually think in uh, immediate applications. They're more worried about uh, long-term benefits than uh, well, I guess that's kind of the norm when you do things uh, on the enterprise world. But yeah, just to clear that out, it was not actually in uh, on-site, the course. Oh, gotcha. All right. Well, I still love you because you're connected to <laughs> MIT. Um, but I thought we were going to have a nice, engaging discussion on Boston baked beans and the Red Sox. But uh, I guess no. not. I'm afraid not. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry uh, to let you down. Uh, it's all right. You know, I'll, I'll deal with that disappointment in my life today. <laughs> Um, so Carlos, we have you up here and Samuel's up here now, um, for the benefit of everyone, I, we're going to talk a lot about the projects that you have been working on. Um, I think they're connected together, but you can explain that more, but really if you could do us all the favor and just kind of give us a short little, um, maybe a quick description of just your background, how you got into the space. Um, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, sure. Uh, glad to. So um, me specifically, uh, I started in crypto back in 2016. Um, I was working for a company at the time. And by the way, just to give everyone that doesn't know uh, the idea, uh, I am not technical. I'm not a programmer. I'm not a coder. So uh, I have uh, some notions, which I gained throughout the years, uh, managing people that do code and uh, which became really helpful to me. Um, so at the time I was basically working, the way I started was uh, doing community translation of white papers uh, back in late 2016, early 2017. So that's kind of how I got my foot in crypto. I, I reached out to teams. I offered to um, to translate their white paper in, uh, in exchange for um, uh, private sale allocations. Uh, you know, I actually was pretty proud of the work I did because it was, uh, at the academic level, mostly. I actually reviewed it with other peers and etc. Um, that actually got me way deeper into crypto than I was expecting to. 
before I knew it, I was joining uh, groups on Telegram and Discord of people like like-minded people talking about the trends. Uh, and when Uniswap uh, came out, um, I basically decided to, um, you know, to start a few projects on that area, which I did. I actually opened the development agency. Uh, I started working directly with other teams. We had a small but very focused team of, uh, of, uh, of developers. Um, we actually built a few DeFi protocols. I remember like the, the biggest one we did. Uh, and Antonio here, well, he's not here today, but he's also a core member of Drops. Uh, was with me then as well. Uh, he actually built um, a prediction market protocol based on Gnosis. Um, wh what is it called? It's it's a framework developed by Gnosis, conditional tokens framework. That's it, uh, which we were pretty proud of as well back then. And so this is kind of what we were doing throughout the the bull run, the like the last bull run in 2017. Um, about two years ago, I, I started looking into other projects, layer ones, etc. So that's how I found Luxo. Um, I was pretty enamorated by it, even though I, I initially I couldn't quite grasp uh, all of it. Um, and, you know, participating in the RICO and etc. actually got me way more excited. Uh, and then I started reading about Fabian. I started talking to people in the space who actually know Fabian and have worked with him in the past. And literally everyone had good things to say about him uh, and everyone had high expectations for this and that's kind of how i uh i ended up uh being a look so fan if you want to call it that way uh and keeping up with it yeah that's basically where i am today i'm, I'm glad that today this is basically what we do full-time uh we're focused on drops uh in full um uh, yeah that's it about me yeah thanks carlos appreciate that and I love how you call yourself a Luxo fan, right? Yeah. Because that's how we all start off, right? Luxo fans. And then we become Luxo fam, right? Family together, all building. I can give you that for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Samuel, I don't know if you want to come off mute here and just give us a little background of yourself, what you do for the team and kind of what your background is in crypto. All right. Hi, everybody. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, so, well, I got in, into crypto... Uh, I wouldn't say I got into crypto. I, I got to use Bitcoin back in 2014, but it was just like to use it. So I didn't invest or did, I didn't have any like speculation uh, interest or something. So, I mean, I just used it, but I didn't keep it. So, well, this was back in 2014 when I was like 15 years old, but I was not interested about the technology. I mean, I, I'm born in like the digital world, so I felt it was normal to have a, a digital currency. Uh, then, like, years later, I used to invest in some crypto, and it's only, like, I would say two years ago that I decided to start uh, really getting into it. And what I mean by into it is, like, starting developing. I mean, uh, I was in an engineer school, so I had to decide which technology I wanted to get involved in. And the choice appeared really clear. Uh, I mean, for me, crypto, uh, not cryptocurrency, but blockchain, all the space. Um... It's actually like a far west. I mean, there are a lot of things to build. It's like all new. Uh, so it's, I, I think as a developer and as a, someone that like to create, to build, it's one of the best things, uh, best spaces to be in right now. So, well, uh, I moved to Portugal like six months ago to work full-time uh, with Carlos and Antonio on Drops and Luxo now. And I'm having the position as uh, head of development. That's basically it.
very cool. Thank you for that introduction as well. Um, I, it's, I definitely get more bullish on Luxo hearing backstories of builders and creators and also why they're choosing these new standards and seeking them out. Um, it definitely makes me feel like we're in the right place. Um, so speaking of like another cool project, like that a lot of us are really interested to hear more about is drops. Um, so would you like to uh, kind of give us the, the rundown Carlos of, of where drops is currently at? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, glad to, uh, basically, We've given like uh, uh, a few turns already since we initially built uh, or, or started building drops. Um, just to give you a quick, an interesting topic, we actually met um, when Luxo had their first uh, build-up. Well, not the build-up, but the first hackathon, the one that uh, Yields uh, got first place in um back then and uh, the idea was actually that we were going to participate in but we were way too scattered at the time uh and we had other members as well so we, we actually couldn't build it in time uh but that's like the backstory of how we like me and samuel met uh it was basically through luxo's discord channel of that first hackathon um and yeah, so I, I explained to Samuel back then what we wanted to do, what I thought would be a good idea to do for Lux. So he gave his own opinion and uh, and adjustments, and I thought we had we were onto something there. So the initial idea for drops is was that we would build a marketplace with core functionality outside just trading and uh, and uh, well and doing the collaboration. So we wanted to to add a few things there, although. Um, looking at OpenSea, Rarible, etc., we kind of felt that um, we we wanted to add something else, you know, like not just the traditional uh, services of buying, purchasing, even um, lending. So, and that's why right now uh, we're actually considering what we're going to do with Drops is not going to be what we have. We're actually revamping the website. Uh, the website right now uh, is not up to date. And because ever since then, we decided to turn drops into a sort of a development house uh, for the Luxo blockchain. So instead of doing the marketplace and having all our services condensed uh, in that platform, we're actually going to release products from drops, but into uh, separate entities like we just did with Luxo, for example. So um, and that's kind of the plan for drops that we release these products alongside drops and collaborations uh, with uh, brands and creators. I, I cannot obviously disclose uh, who we are talking to, but um, but we do have a reason to mention collaborations uh, and we intend on releasing them in the future from people or that are connected to fashion brands that have heard about Luxo, but are a bit reluctant until they actually see, uh, you know, Luxo live and in production um even though you know it's a, there's a huge hype right now about it they 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 want to see it tried and tested first and that's where we come in we're actually doing sort of a bridge to those brands so um but yeah so so basically luxo was the first product we're releasing we have other project products that we want to do uh i don't want to get too uh i don't want to expand too much on it but um i can tell you for example something we've always been really interested in doing and we we'll probably will do is the 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 lending platform uh, for NFTs because we think there's huge utility there, uh, and when I say lending, I don't mean lending like you have um, right now on most Ethereum platforms, which is basically you put up collateral. No, we don't. We don't think that's a good business model to have collateralized lending. So we actually want to build our own 
smart contracts that will run like a proxy contract where let's say that uh, I, wa- I want to rent an NFT from you. Uh, I would be able to do it through our smart, through the, the well, not drops because it's going to have a different name, but f- for that specific product. But let's imagine through the DOPS, drops smart contract uh, with limitations. So let's say that you have an NFT that uh, is an in-game, an in-game asset, for example, or a DAO membership NFT, something like that. So you would be able, I would be able to rent it from you, but the actions I would, I, I could do with it are limited by you, the owner. So I would not be able to transfer it, to sell it, to burn it. No, I would only be able to use it for the specific purpose that I asked uh, for initially. And this is all done in the decentralized way through our own uh, audited smart contracts. So, and the whole idea of NFTs 2.0 is basically increased utility. So I really think this is gonna, this is something that's gonna take off uh, in parallel with adoption. So as you can see, we're basically going all in on the assumption that uh, you know Luxo is really going to be uh, leading this uh, this metaverse 2.0 wave uh, and trend. So uh, so yeah, that's basically what we want for drops. So now I dwelled a little bit here, but it's basically to be uh, the mother of uh, all our products, and uh, hopefully we want to release uh, and create an economic model that links uh all our products one way or the other so when i say economic model again i don't want to be too specific because it's nothing set in stone but um through nfts tokens whatever it is we're we're got, we want to create like a circular economy within the drops ecosystem so that's kind of uh our goal for it i i love that and i, I won't probe you for specific scenarios where i don't feel like you want to talk about them I do appreciate you discussing the fluidity of the development of your your core business strategy because that that is kind of in the ethos of Web three, and then also is you know making you nimble in this environment where you know we are pre mainnet for a uh, a blockchain and an ecosystem, really a creator economy that's developing. So like, how could you have really codified and concrete? Uh, decisions and outlooks about how it's going to work when anything can change at any time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to probe you on, though, Carlos, that I thought was really interesting because we've discussed it before in here, and I think Kriegel has brought it up many times, is this idea of, I think you brought it up, like on the drop side, it says non-collateralized lending. And when we think about lending, we think about lending services as like, you know, you put up collateral and then pull some liquidity from it that you then pay back at a later time. What you described to me was instead something that I think Kriegel has mentioned before, like maybe I have uh, um, a sought after piece of digital fashion. And I want to be able to put that out and lend it um, to another where they can, you know, uh, wear it, so to speak, to some, let's say, metaverse function, and then it can be returned to me. That sounds kind of like what you're aiming at there, correct? Uh, did I pick that up correctly? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much uh, a good uh, a good description, I would say. Um, there are some um, ramifications that... Uh, makes sense when you think about it. For example, NFT 2.0 will have uh, features like, you know, there are that those features already exist on Ethereum, but they're going to expand on them, like breathing, forging, uh, etc. even airdrops for NFT holders. So our aim is to, in a fully decentralized way, to have uh, the user be able to, well, when I say the user, I mean the NFT owner, uh, be able to to decide with the the renter what they want to do in terms of in regards to those um, function to that functionality. Let me give an example. So 
uh, they will be able to choose uh, can you rent uh, can you breed it can you because obviously most breeds you cannot undo them so uh, what about airdrops can do you want to split the allocation between the landee and the um, well the, the lender and the renter uh, or do you want to give the airdrop all to one in the, to one entity or to the other so uh, this is all configurable um, it does require some coding and testing uh, because the last thing we want is for uh, other people's assets to be, you know, uh, affected by a bug or anything. So, but this is all doable, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be the standard even for other blockchains. But, uh, but we do understand that Luxo has a deeper need for it, considering you know what their goals are. Um, so, NFT supercoins actually have a lot to them. We, we've been thinking about uh, stuff like, I, I don't know. Like, let me give you an example. For for example, board apes, something that's uh, been you know, not just for me, but for Samuel and Antonio that we've been discussing and kind of makes sense is if you think about it, NFTs or digital assets are not like real world assets where they actually have a history attached to them. They get worn out. They go through phases. No, but that that might sound detrimental, but in actuality, it will actually have value and uniqueness to NFTs. So if you think about it, uh, I'll give you an example. Why doesn't your board ape collect uh, on-chain records of all those events, parties, uh, conferences, uh, things you do with it um, when real items do. Why doesn't it show the whole history behind the NFT? Because that would actually uh, add value to it. So it doesn't make sense to not attach it when you can do it. it because if you think about it, it's all scattered uh, scattered across uh, chats, social networks, real-life events, but none of that is reflected on the NFT. And, and with Luxo standards, you can actually do that. Uh, and, ch and even change the NFT. For example, if you take your your let's um, I'm always talking about the board apes because you know it's easier to do since they have all these uh, uh, real life works around them. Um, why when you go to, to one of those conferences, why don't you get like a Solomon token attached to 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 your board ape or or not a Solomon token, but you can add even just an, a normal key with a record for what you did there. It might even change the appearance of it. Obviously, this would have to be done through a standard, but uh, it's all doable, uh, and that's kind of what makes it more and more unique, and it, it mimics what happens in the physical world, if you think about it. You can even have an NFT age, not in, a, you know, DNA worn out kind of thing, but maybe in an incremental value increase of um, kind of way, like uh, like it, it adds features, it adds uh, different things. It, they don't have to be immutable assets anymore. It can be updatable. Uh, which actually goes in hand with our next topic for uh, for our Twitter uh, series, which is updatable uh, NFTs, because this actually opens the the door to huge uh, potential when you when you think about the use cases. Uh, you can add signatures, proof of attendance. Um, I don't know. You can add rewards. I mean, the sky's the limit here. I I could be here uh, talking about specific events like in-game assets uh, that you can have. Uh, I don't know, let's imagine a game character, you can have items like swords, uh, change the actual appearance of it, removed it, uh, or non-removable. So, and yeah, so all of this will go hand in hand with the NFT lending that we've been uh, researching. So, and, and it's kind of where we want to go and kickstart uh, the Luxo uh, NFT scene once they go to, to mainnet. I mean, that's yeah. like... For someone who's trying to, like, because a lot of us are focused on building our online identity around these avatars and these PFPs. And, like, so these new tools are, like, they're so crucial to actually 
being able to build some reputation and identity, you know, around those things. Um, and the fact that it's updatable and customizable means that they can upgrade and evolve with us over time, um, which is crucial as well, right? Yeah, it is definitely. Um, and, and, and like most things, people don't really see it yet because there's no point in having the technology to do all of this if there isn't anything happening on the other end, on, on the brands. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like uh, you can have you can have a standard for all this updatability and, and, and upgradability, uh, but ultimately it will be up to platforms, brands and creators to to build to, to release um, you know use cases for them like uh, be it games, be it VR uh, conferences, be it uh, whatever it is. It's up to the people that actually create these things, uh, but they will need to understand the potential first. So this is not like a, a it's how do I say it's not like an instant process, but we do believe it will walk towards that goal, and 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 we're trying to do our part by. Um, educating the community uh, and the masses on what all of this can do. So we were actually aiming for our posts not to be too technical, but because, you know, like me, uh, I understand a lot of the, the those that guide these projects. They're also not from a technical background, but it is very important that they realize uh, what can be done with this. Because otherwise, people will just say NFT Zero is just a, a fad or... Uh, whatever it is called when you say like it's something that's passing that it's not permanent no it's it's actually something that's sort of a game changer if you think about it people don't really realize it but the current nft standards that that, that exist they've been around for well i would say probably 2019 i think that's when 721 and 1155 came out um it, it's about to make four years which in the crypto scene four years is a lot trust me and uh, and um and, and in just four years, look at what was built around it. You have major corporations investing. You have like you have all these brands doing partnerships like uh, Artifact, Nike, uh, Adidas, Bike. You have, uh, I don't know, VFriends. Uh, you have a million of those. Um, and this is for standards that those that are within the actual uh, front line, like, like I consider most of us are since we're supporters of Luxo, to us, these are outdated standards. And how and even though we consider them as outdated, brands are not taking them lightly. So imagine what will happen once they realize what can be done with NFTs 2.0. Like the, the sky is literally the limit. And um, and again, we're trying to do things to to raise uh, awareness on this. Like uh, not just online, even locally, we, we've been talking to people to to digital houses, um, making connections so so that people can realize what's going on here. Uh, and we're hopefully uh, doing a good thing at that. I think we're we're getting good results, like as much as we can. Oh, absolutely, Carlos. I I think it's great that you highlighted all of those things because, like, what I'm what I'm hearing is possible with NFT NFT 2.0. Is there's there's so many people that like go to events and things and collect patches or pins or whatever memorabilia, but then they just they put it on like a jacket or on a bag, but say you could do that to an NFT piece, like a digital jacket or like your board ape, um, those things can be attached to it forever, um, but in a, in a digital way. So there's ways to modify and add to it. And then say you went to another event and you didn't want to show all of the pins or patches or wherever that you'd been before, maybe there's another layer to it and it just 
that layer of patches disappears temporarily. But then if you go and sell it, you can choose to keep the patches or send them with it. Um, I think that's really, really cool what you're what you're envisioning there. Yeah, I uh, I I 100% agree. Like uh, this is a concept that's gonna take some time for people to um, to assimilate, like the, the to to get the negative out. Like if you sell if you tell someone, uh, I have an NFT that ages with time. Like usually in the real world, that equates to something negative. Like if you say you have a car or I don't know a piece of hardware that gets outdated or whatever. But here uh, we actually have a chance to. Um, to turn things around because in the digital world we don't have that those kind of corrosive damage if so to speak like in the digi digital world it's actually the opposite uh and and the more history you have will probably uh mean that the more value uh you have and then so but this again this really needs to to be well thought out and i'm sure initially there are going to be a lot of projects it's always how it works there are going to be a lot of projects uh coming up with uh, with different applications for it the same way it happened on Ethereum. Like uh, I remember in Ethereum when CryptoKitties came out. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I had a few people had already told me uh, that NFT games would be a thing. Uh, I was too focused at the time um, on on a different aspect, mostly DeFi related, to actually give it some uh, decent thought. Um, but I do see a similar uh, road happening here where uh, you have someone comes up with a trend, people will follow, someone will think one step ahead, other people will follow. Uh, we're actually hoping to, to do, again, I don't want to be too specific here, but uh, the idea behind drops is that we're kind of elastic as to NFT trends go. So we want to, I think that's a very good point, a very good advantage we have, which is we're a small team, but we're, I consider ourselves to be like really focused when, when, um, when the need arises and that's kind of our goal to be adaptive to come out to keep an eye out even to help educate brands it's something that we also we're also keen on doing uh although our day only has 24 hours like everyone else's so it's kind of a lot to to process and prioritizing is uh is a must uh, as with the most anything i i love what you're doing and it's kind of the it's kind of what this um let's say we're on the pink pill right now with the pink pill spirit was Carlos, right? Or is it's once you see the potential behind what is being built um, by the team at Luxo and like what these new standards are capable of, you almost take this evangelical stance. Like you want to let others know um, because there's just so much possibility. There's so many things that can be produced that can't currently um, or that we just haven't even conceived of because there's just not enough minds thinking of it yet that it, it, it starts this, this urge. Um, and I, I, it sounds like you feel the same way. I might not be articulating it correctly, but I know that's what brought this group together to consistently just continue to try to talk and bring awareness to the topics as much as possible. And I'll tell you, I really appreciate what you and the team are doing because you're really putting out some high quality content. Um, your Twitter post about NFT 2.0 was very educational. Um, and, and I appreciate that because there's just not enough very simple, um, there's not enough information in plain speak for people to grapple with. Let's put it that way. If you're highly technical, you can always go and you can read the code. 
But if you're not highly technical, it's very difficult to wrap your head around the possibilities um, until someone goes out and either tells you about them in plain speak or develops something that you can actually play with. So I do appreciate that very much, what you guys are doing. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's actually our goal. I, I, I told Rob earlier as well that um, we think it's a good way to increase to raise awareness on Luxo while also uh, growing our own name, that's Rob's name, obviously. Um, and I, 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 I actually kind of think, you know, that's my own opinion here. Uh, I kind of insist in that we, we also do that because I feel that myself because I'm not, like I said, I'm not a technical individual. So uh, oftentimes, because I, I, I like to read a lot about this and oftentimes I come against things that I don't really understand. I mean, I try to, but... Mostly, I end up going to Samuel and Antonio and, you know, telling them about it and picking their brain, uh, which, to be honest, it's kind of what got me where I am today in terms of understanding um, on the technical side, even though I literally never wrote a single line of code. So uh, and, and so I wanted to, and this is what I want to transmit to other people through through our social channels, uh, this this explanation, uh, semi-technical explanation, but that you know non-technical people can understand uh and hopefully with some examples attached like uh, our post it was it was about nft 2.0 but it was just about one aspect of nft 2.0 so that's you know it's actually a lot that can be said and done um on that matter but yeah oh, fantastic i pinned that i pinned that tweet up at the top about the unlimited metadata uh oh, nice. yeah. specifically how it pertains to um, the current LSPs is put out by Luxo, specifically LSP4 and the standardization of the key value stores, uh, because that is really, I think, what is going to allow for uh, developer flexibility and, and project flexibility from now until the end of time, right? Um, as long as it's flexible enough to be future-proofed, then whatever we come up with in the future, however we decide to take this as a community, uh, you know, we'll be ready for it. So uh, I pinned that up at the top. If you haven't seen it already, uh, check it out. Thanks, Ethel. I appreciate it. So that kind of, I guess, turns us to, like, um, if you haven't checked out Drops, then um, Drops is something that, again, I first saw it, I, you know, uh, myself, Alt Kriegel, Rob, we've been circling the bold in Luxo now for multiple years. So that was, Drops is actually shared in, one of a, a telegram chats um uh, oh god it goes back your original website uh if i was the guest maybe a year ago maybe a little bit longer um a timeline is probably not important but um you know as a as a ver community that has a voracious appetite for development on luxo that that was uncovered and shared through the telegram group and i took a peek at it at the time and i was like wow that is a beautiful website but I, I can't play with it, so I don't really understand what's going on. So your description of kind of the direction you're moving with Drops, I think definitely gives people a window into where you're going. And if you're not following Drops on Twitter, um, it's obviously connected to the, the pinned tweets up top. So again, go ahead, follow Drops uh, as the parent to the child that we're going to turn to now, the child being uh, Luxo, right? Is that a good way to describe it, Carlos? Like Drops is the parent of Luxo? That's exactly how I would uh, how I would put it uh, if I were to use an analogy. That's right. Yeah, 
Um, so uh, I think Samuel uh, is best equipped to, to, to explain this. I mean, because uh, he actually was the main responsible for the idea that uh, about Look. So that was something that uh, came up when we saw the hackathon and we were discussing the categories. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the word on this one. Yeah, uh, the funny thing is that we initially didn't plan about doing like an explorer or any kind of social media. Like the hackathon came to uh, change entirely our plans. Uh, so, well, we, as you know, we initially planned to do like a marketplace or something. But then we saw this uh, hackathon coming up. So, well, at the time we knew we would not have any summer. And, uh, well, why we chosen to, to do look so? I mean, we... We checked all the, the bounties available and we thought that uh, Luxo, I mean, the social media bounty, uh, with uh, an event translation, like a feed with all the events, was something that made sense at the time. Now, what I mean is that right now, uh, everything everybody is building on Luxo, so most of the people are actually developers and people using it are developers. So, well, um, at the time, if you go to, if you went at the time to uh, Block Explorer, Block, uh, Block Scoot, to see what's happening was basically really hard uh, to understand what's going on on the blockchain. So we thought, okay, uh, well, the new LSPs have a bunch of uh, events that provide great information. Why don't we put it in the feed? And what was really funny during the hackathon is that, well, we had the feed working on and we could see what people were doing. We were able to see who were creating which kind of assets and everything. So it was quite useful for us, even during the hackathon, to see what people are on. And yeah, that's basically what Brown has to do, Luxo. And I think we went into the right direction. And now it's obviously changed uh, all our goals, uh, which I'm now mainly focused on it. You know, it, for anyone in the audience who's not entirely familiar with Luxo, um, if you've used Etherscan on um, Ethereum to hunt down your transactions, right? If you ever got a transaction stuck, you're looking to verify the confirmations. You're looking at a lot of information that may or may not make sense to you. Like Samuel just said, a lot of that information is um, designed for the more technically oriented person. The innovation of Luxo is it turns that information into a very easy to digest, uh, almost social media format. So you can very quickly see who is doing what on chain. Um, and, and I think that that's like, you know, what do I want to say about it? I wasn't prepared for it when I saw it, Samuel. Let's put it that way. It was an innovation that I wasn't prepared for because I'm so used to, to going to Etherscan to see what's going on. When I looked at Luxo and I saw the presentation and I saw that people could actually follow my universal profile and then chat with me. Um, my instinct was like, oh my God, I better be careful when I'm moving around. But then I realized like, how cool is that at the same time to be able to follow, um, to be able to follow the brands, the creators that I appreciate, that I love, that I want to support. Um, to be able to interact with them directly through this platform, to send them a message, to follow them, um, to you know comment on the transactions that are moving back and forth, it, it definitely expanded my mind a little bit. All it's Kriegel, um, 
Rob, what'd you guys think? What, I mean, what was your first take? I mean, yeah, my mind immediately goes to like the authentication side of like social, you know, interactions, for instance, like having that stuff online, like the, the ether scan times Twitter, you know, I think as Rob had mentioned at one point, like it, if you want to know if a project or, you know, community member is, is legit, you know, well, what do you do? You go to Twitter, you pull up their, their bio, you might, you know, see who's following them, who they're following. You have to kind of scroll through activity. And it's like, it's a very cut and paste kind of way to try to give a, you know, do a, a background check on somebody or a project. Um, and even, even when things look good, like, okay, they're following all the right people. They're doing all the right. Well, they could have just bought that account or they could have hacked it and they could have, it could be a hacker that's like, you know, using that account to try to scam you, you know, so I get, you have very limited ways, but once these interactions and things are happening on chain, well, that change that changes the game because it's like, you're starting to build like the, the true online reputation. Um, so I, I really love, especially it's such a nascent space that we're in that it's kind of rampant for, for scam attempts. So like having new ways to, to, to protect people. And I think that will really help us grow towards that mass adoption um, that we need as well. I mean, you, you actually mentioned something uh, that I forgot to mention, which was about like, yeah, what motivated us to like combining Etherscan and uh, like a kind of social media is that, well, uh, I mean, right now with Etherscan, even though it's a bit hard to understand when you're not technical, it you can't also follow people. So right now, if you want to see uh, what builders, what brands, are being doing uh, are doing on on chain you actually have to go all the time checking their address or checking their twitter if they talk about it but if you want to see if they create new assets if they create new uh, smart contract and everything you have to check it manually so the idea right here is having a feed where like you can follow all the brands all the builders all the people that are doing things on chain that you like and then see when they're updating uh, creating and doing new things and the idea is for us to really improve the translation of events to make it really user-friendly so so like everybody could understand what's happening i love i i love that aspect too samuel like being able to search and find like say for instance if you like there's you see a lot of clones in the audience right now. so like i talk to people all the time that are like hey do you know the owner of this clone because they're trying to track them down to be able you know on twitter to be able to either make them a trade offer or whatever um if they want to just purchase it, you know, the same thing goes if you find like a really great piece of art, sometimes it can be hard to track down the artist because you want to follow them um, or, or purchase more of their work and stuff. So like being able to integrate those two worlds, I think will be such a great element. Oh, that's a, that's a great use case there too. And where my, my mind was going with this was like, say uh, I'm, I'm creating a brand, uh, you know, thinking about it, like similar to the uh, web two version of a Kickstarter. Well, you can verify now that say I contributed funds to a brand for an item, you can, you can validate and see where all of the funds are going. And then when the, uh, the brand decides to move those funds out, they can comment and say like, Hey, uh, we, we met the goal. These are the funds leaving our, our wallet, um, going to the factory to create the first production run. And then people can comment on that, um, and follow along like real time updates in a very, very transparent way. Um, you know, which I think that it helps people become more part of the creation experience as well. Like if they know that they're involved in that process and this is just a way that it could be done automatically. I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Let me just, uh, add something to, um, 
to uh, to what Samuel uh, said because you know the the idea behind this is not like uh, obviously Twitter uh, uh, a cross between Twitter and Etherscan is what comes to mind right now uh, even to ourselves when you look at it but the thing is that the possibilities we have with um, with Luxo uh, they're kind of endless right now because the, the the fact that it's basically all on chain. Uh, means that whatever use cases come up in the future, even regarding this whole NFT trend, uh, we will be able to to at some at, at, to certain degree to integrate them uh, with our platform. There, are, like we can have users inter- uh, interact directly with events, like Samuel was saying, like uh, uh, a friendly translation. We we we're actually he's also working on something uh, to allow uh, people to you know. To put in a friendly description, so to speak. When I say people, I mean developers. Friendly description for the the non technical users to actually understand what's happening there. So, and that's what you know you couldn't do with either scan at all. But here, you could have someone even purchase an NFT um, directly from an event. You can just imagine that, or or you can go to someone's profile and see them there. Um, you can have your profile customized in whatever way you want uh, and and interactable again. Like um, at this point, we've all heard of the uh, the buyable NFT standard that uh, that Fabian has mentioned. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, and with that in mind, if you combine it with a platform where your identity is basically already on chain, you can interact with on-chain events um, in an unprecedented way that even I right now cannot fully grasp yet. So um, so it's, it's more of a social media meets uh, Etherscan thing, but only time will tell uh, what we will be doing with it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. That's what I want to say. Uh, you're highlighting the point that I, I I think about all the time, and I've probably said a million times um, in the course of all of these pink pills, which is we won't know what future composability looks like with a lot of these primitives that are being built until users start to interact with them, right? Until we really start to get mass experimentation with them, and we start to get more of these primitives built, and we can start to smash them together. There are going to be things that come out of these amazing experiments that are going to be highly beneficial to us as users and highly beneficial to to the adoption prospects across all of humanity that may want to use blockchain. That's the stuff that really kind of lights my fire and I think lights the fire of everybody listening here because you wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, I, I appreciate, you know, in Etherscan, they had a direct chat. Like you can chat between addresses in Etherscan. This is some, but... In Etherscan, no, I know for a fact I don't use it, and I'm a power user of, of Ethereum, right? I can see myself using Luxo immediately um, upon mainnet to chat with my fellow friends um, in NFT communities, um, you know, to comment on transactions going back and forth. I mean, I follow a bunch of bots on Twitter that will tell me when a transaction has happened. Um, for a high value NFT. I mean, I'm in the CloneX community. Whenever a CloneX is sold or moved, um, I see it, right? The bots are out there. This is just happening in a space that is more native, right? It's it's And it's Web3 native. Um, and like you said, now we're building up information that uh, in, in the place where I want to live, right? In the place I think we all want to live. 
right? It's fun to use Twitter, but isn't it more fun to use something that I can just um, use natively with my universal profile? Uh, I think we all feel that way. And I appreciate the fact that you guys are, we're forward thinking and put together such a slick product so quickly. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, we I, I agree. But uh, there's also one aspect that you just reminded me of, which um, is actually grander, so to speak, uh, when you think about the implications, if we really manage to, uh, to achieve what we want with Luxo, uh, which is uh, the, the, the next step in social media, if you think about it, and, and, and again, we, we said this in a tweet uh, some time ago, um, we actually were inspired by one of uh, Alex uh, Alexander's articles to to do to do Luxo. Uh, he was the one of the judges, uh, but we actually had read this. Uh, I think early this year or late last year. He has an article called uh, "It's Time for Social Media Interoperability," where, I mean, it's it's a it's a comprehensive article, a somewhat comprehensive article. But the gist of it is that the next logical step in social media uh, is to separate the social media itself from the social media companies. In other words, putting the power or the control. Uh, into the hands of users. I'm not going to say back into the hands of users because that never happened. Uh, but if you think about it right now, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't consider myself an influencer or anything like that or even uh, like a personality of, on any social media. But let's imagine someone like some of you guys who have uh, thousands of, uh, of people following them and interacting with you on a daily basis. Like what would happen if tomorrow Twitter would either shut down or uh, engage in some sort of policy that you guys did not agree with. Uh, but, you know, considering you don't have anywhere else to go and, and, and to take these people with you, to, to take all the all the work you did all these years, growing your your, your follower base, um, you're basically, if you think about it, you're kind of, you're kind of uh, how do I put this, you're kind of held down or a hostage situation here for Twitter. Because if you, if you move away, then you basically have to start from zero. Uh, but that doesn't actually make sense if you think about it, because you built this. Like this, this, this is your online identity. It's part of your online identity. So why, why should uh, uh, Twitter um, have the final word in, in, you know, on on in regards to that? Like that doesn't make sense. And if you think about the possibilities that blockchain provides in this specific area, then it's kind of logical that the next step is to okay, let's build this in a way that. Uh, gives the user or the creator um, liberty to do whatever he wants with what's his, you know, and, and, and not bound by a platform. That's kind of what we did here uh, with Luxo and the LIP that uh, that we built. We haven't proposed it yet, but we built it for the, the hackathon. We, we It's on our submission on GitHub if you want to have a read. Uh, it's basically a standard that describes how you can do this with Universal Profile. So in other words, you don't need to use our platform. I mean, we did it and, and you can use it, but if tomorrow a competitor shows up or if we shut down, uh, that's fine because all your likes, all your posts, all your comments, uh, your followers, uh, they're not on our platform. We're just the front end for you to access this information. That, 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 that kind of content is actually stored in a decentralized storage network. Uh, in our case, it's Airweave. But if you go, if, if platforms adopt our standard, you can use any uh, decentralized storage platform you want. The, the, the gist of it is that the way it's uh, consolidated or organized in your universal profile is like 
trans it, it, it's transversal to any platform that decides to adopt the standard we, we, we wrote. And this is kind of what we, what we envision. And obviously, we're not going to get the general public to use it uh, on this premise alone because, you know, people are still a bit reluctant when it comes to blockchain and etc. But we do envision a future where uh, people don't even need to know that it uses blockchain. All they need to know is that if they use our platform or any platform that uses this LSP standard, uh, uh, yeah, this LSP standard, um, their information is theirs now and forever. So, and, and again, we chose iWeave, but you can use choose any other platform that uh, adheres or, or complies to what we wrote in the standard. Like um, you could use IPFS, you can even use something more uh, centralized, whatever. I, I mean, the point is it's all open, it's all public, and the user should be the one making the decision and keeping the content in their hand. And we're hoping to do that. It's it's a more of a long-term goal for us because, you know, right now we want to get traction and get people to use the platform from the Luxo community. But uh, in the future, that's kind of the grand goal of things, which I think makes sense um, for social media right now because we're, we're basically reached the point where they're all the same, all the companies. Like, uh, even on AFSA, there's like a quote... Uh, I don't remember who wrote it. It's something like uh, some. Let me actually let me open it real quick. But it's something like uh, I remember when the internet was not just a group of five companies all sharing uh, screenshots from one another. Which, if you think about it, it's kind of what's happening right now. When you go on Twitter, you do a post, you share a, a newspaper, you share a YouTube video, you share a photo from somewhere else. So, you know, we're kind of inspired by that vision, even though we do realize it's. It's a behemoth, so to speak, to implement or, or to not to implement, but to to raise and grow. So, yeah, just wanted to, to say this. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I've pinned um, Alex Van Descent's article up at the top um, in reference to what you're discussing right now, Carlos. And the quote from Tom Eastman was, I'm old enough to remember when the Internet wasn't a group of five websites, each consisting of screenshots of text from the other four which is hilarious because that's exactly uh, what happens at times. So like that totally resonates with me and probably most of the people in this room. Um, and, and I do also like uh, piggyback on your point that you're making there. Uh, Fabian has been very vocal in saying that the Ethereum standard space is too noisy to accomplish really the aim of what Luxo is doing in the greater vision for Luxo and its social media use cases, because you can propose um, a social media standard like this, or really it's not a social media standard. It's a standard in the way that our um, identities link to one another, right? The way that identities relate to one another and the behaviors um, that we exhibit towards one another uh, persist beyond the platform in which we look at them, right? And that might be a mouthful, but like you said, the front end can disappear, but the interactions should never disappear, right? If Alt and I are friends, regardless of whether or not there is Twitter, we should be able to retain the history of these interactions. And like, that's really interesting. And I, I appreciate that you and the team, you and Samuel and Antonio are, are you're pioneering this space. Um, and like you said, whether or not that LIP gains adoption, it is certainly gonna inform the greater conversation around this really key point um, that I think is, is spot on, um, I guess forward looking into the, into the future, we need to have, um, we need to have protections 
against deplatforming. We need to have protections against having our social graphs limited by outside entities. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys pioneering that space. I really do. All right. So we've been going for like an hour here. We've got like, I would say, I, I mean, I don't want to be um, a hog with your time. So maybe you can give us another 15 minutes of some, uh, some light conversation here and then we'll close it up. Does that sound good? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Um, anything specific, you guys? I mean, you want to know a bit about our uh, again, without being too specific, because because uh, you know we're at that stage where all, we're firing in all directions. So we don't we want we don't want to be like we want to be cautious about what we say and you know because you know especially in crypto, people hold you up to um, to your. Um, your estimates to your timelines to to your goals a lot so and and we understand that and we obviously don't want to say something that later on changes or doesn't happen uh but i would say that like right now um we're basically focused on two things uh well the most immediate focus is we're actually going through fundraising like i mentioned in uh rob's article um review but um We've been speaking to a lot of interested investors. Uh, we're, we're trying to be picky with the people we choose to side with us because ideally we want people that share our vision uh, and can contribute in other ways besides, you know, just funding, uh, you know. Um, that's kind of where we are right now. We're also trying to get the community growing, you know, in a local aspect because Portugal actually has quite uh, uh, a fervent cryptocurrency community um and one of the things where you know it's not set in stone and i'm not saying it's gonna happen because you know we're short on time but uh even just a few days we were discussing the possibility of doing a, a luxo meeting uh on ethereum lisbon for example uh nothing too fancy just you know maybe uh, rent a small space and shout out on twitter asking anyone who's you know a uh, luxo supporter to drop by um and and you know so that we can explain what the, the you know what these standards that they're building will accomplish uh, how the blockchain is different you know anything really that can help raise awareness on it um, again we're just three core people right now so this is all uh, a bit of overwhelming and that's where also the fundraising comes in um, but yeah uh, that's pretty much our. Um, immediate goal like we want to perfect Luxo, our looks the, the the social platform as well uh we've been thinking of adding some uh, some new features which we will, might be doing in the future um and start you know building uh the other services that you guys are going to eventually hear about uh in due time but uh, but yeah i don't know if you know people might want to ask something if the audience has questions uh i'm free to answer anything yeah, that'd be fantastic. So if anyone would like to come up on stage and uh, and talk to the gentleman from Drops and Luxo, just send a request. We'll get you up here. Um, I did want to say one thing I really thought was cool uh, about Luxo is that like in the beginning, you guys said you're going to cover the storage costs um, for your user base, which is one of the great things about Luxo, you know, helping like onboard people that don't quite know they're even using the blockchain. Um, so I think it's really cool that you guys are, are considering that. Ah uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, we we that was actually a key point 
that we had to discuss for the the hackathon because you know we had to put some limitations in place and everything and obviously before jumping into airweave uh we um we had to do a research a cost comparison uh but ultimately airweave presents advantages that ipfs just doesn't have um and you know we took the cost into consideration and we saw and we thought okay right now uh for the people that we plan or that we estimate will be using this platform in the short term we can definitely cover this uh and as you said, you know, it's to, to gain traction and, and, and grow the the platform itself. I think it's the, the right thing to do. And even from the Luxo side, because right now it's on testnet, so uh, gas is not really an issue. But uh, obviously, we will have to uh, implement something surrounding a, a relayer service or similar uh, when we do go live uh, at mainnet, um, which is also something we've been looking on into. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what we wanted to do. It, it basically, our goal is aligned with Luxos, which is we don't want the normal, the everyday user to open up our platform and having to go through go through a series of hoops that basically let you down or deter, plain out deter people from going any further. Like when you you want to buy something, you find out you need gas, you don't know how gas works, but or to where to buy it. Uh, and you know, a few minutes later, you just say, "Okay, no, I don't forget about it. I'm just going to do something else." No, we don't want people to go through that situation. And Luxo obviously feels the same way, um, and we were kind of inspired by them on that regard. So uh, we want people, you know, you sign up, you have your universal profile, and then you start testing the whole ecosystem of DApps. You may find hours. We don't want to be. We don't. We don't want hours to be the one that makes you say, "Ah, okay, but." This is too bothersome. I'm not gonna go through with it. No, we want to keep the, the the experience fluid for you. So uh, eventually, we're also gonna implement solutions for that once we go to mainnet and gas becomes, uh, you know, a real thing. So I actually have a question for you, Carlos and Samuel. You know, given that Luxo is going to be a new layer one coming out of this new uh, coming out of the build up hackathon number one um there were a, a number of new projects a number of new applications that users could potentially play with as we move forward there will be more uh <laughs> applications that people can play with but you just spoke of an ecosystem of d apps and like i often think to myself like how do we organize as a community these d apps in a way that the average user can come and find them and explore them Right. Like as a blockchain user, you're aware of maybe the layer one blockchain itself because of the name. But to get into the ecosystem of dApps that use the blockchain, sometimes it's really difficult to figure out what even exists out there. And I would say, like, as a builder yourself, as builders, like, how can we as a community create this resource, some way for people to navigate all of the possibility, all of the people that are building all of these dApps that exist? Have you given any thought to that? Because I know at Keys. Like that's something that we're thinking about all the time. Like how can we shine a light on the people who are doing this great work and provide and building these amazing applications? Well, uh, that, that's actually something that could be done through uh, our product Luxo. And that's what uh, Carlos mentioned a bit earlier, which is that we want to integrate uh, all the actual the apps and products built on uh, Luxo by providing like an interface for uh, technical people and developers to publish uh, their smart contracts and uh, provide like uh, displays for it. 
So for example, if there is like a kind of Uniswap on Luxo, we could have something saying like, okay, uh, Samuel or Italian just uh, swapped uh, this token for this token on Uniswap. And then you could just click on Uniswap and arrive on the website. And it, this will be done like, we, we want to do it with Jake for the um, Uniswap page to say like, uh, maybe Carlos just minted a new uh, Uniswap profile page and you could click it, uh, like, click on it and it will bring you directly to your Uniswap uh, page. So, well, that's something that we really want to do and we really believe that on our platform you could really see like through the Explore uh, page, for example, like what's being, uh, like what's happening on the, the Luxo blockchain, which dApps are being used the most and everything. So, yeah, I think that's something that we're working on and that could uh, be done through our uh, Luxo website. It, just want to add uh, one one small thing, which is um, I also think like people are not gonna you know because you asked how do people go from you know the layer one and how do they actually get to know the the D apps and to use them? I think that's actually uh, reverse to how it will work because people are not gonna go use the D apps because uh, they are on Luxo, the layer one. I, I would even venture to say that if crypto really becomes mainstream and Luxo becomes the go-to place for the metaverse, most people are probably not going to know a lot about Luxo. They're going to know that, oh, okay, I, I use this specific DApp a lot. I know it's based on something called Luxo, but most people are not going to actually um, dwell into the specifics of Luxo, the layer one. The same way that today a lot of people use Twitter uh, or they may use the internet or websites and they are, oh, okay, this might use HTML or something. I don't really care about that as long as it works. I think that's kind of the root of anything that really picks up on the mainstream on mainstream adoption. So uh, I think it's actually the opposite. People are going to slowly uh, start using these apps and adopt uh, the, the apps and adopt them because they'll see the real utility behind them. And then it, they will become aware that all of this comes from Luxo, the layer one and the standards they built. But the, the, the value, which is the crucial thing here, uh, they will see the value first of what they can do with it. Like, because most people are not going to be, you know, using the blockchain itself directly. They're going to be using the DApps themselves. And I think ultimately it's like anything else. Like people are going to talk about it. It's going to start growing. Um, but I don't think there's like a, a real division between uh, the layer one and the DApps. So, but I do think that's how it's going to work. I think it's 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 more probable that it works that way than having people use the DApps of the ecosystem because they're based on Luxo. I think they're quicker. They will be quicker to use them because of the benefits they provide, and then they will realize all of this is happening because of the standards proposed by Luxo, the layer one. I, I mean, I guess that's just my opinion, but that's how I see it happening in the future. I like the combination of those answers there because I think you're right, Carlos. I think you're spot on. The way I, I posed it was probably inverted. It was backwards. And, and you're right. I think that, that the usage of the dApps will drive awareness around where they come from if people even care. But like Samuel said, I, I think that um, Luxo and has the real possibility to surface dApps that people are using to bring awareness to these dApps that people are using just as a byproduct of showing the ecosystem of interaction between the universal profiles that are interacting out in that space, right? So I, I like the combination of the two answers. I think it, it definitely um, 
probably helps a few people in this room think about what's going on. And I know Rob um, had something that he wanted to say. Uh, Rob, Mike's yours, man. Because I had a question about um, if you have any plans in the future development to allow us to be able to follow not just universal profiles, but to follow assets. I was thinking about backing up in our conversation, the beginning of our conversation today, we were talking about um, NFT lending platforms, the ability to rent NFTs. Um, and like, it, it seems to me like this, this kind of dynamic utility that we're adding to these, you know, especially these PFP NFTs where, you know, we can keep a history of, of where this particular um, NFT has, has been, who was with it, what it did, where it was. Um, that almost sounds like it's, it's creating a persona for the NFT that's independent of any individual holder. Um, do you, I'm just curious if you guys see that as something that will happen in the future and if there will be um, a need because of that to be able to follow not just profiles but to follow assets as well on a platform like Luxo. Um, well, about following assets, I'm, I don't know, but uh, supporting assets on Luxo is uh, basically our uh, next iteration. Uh, right now, we're just running in like in a solidify, like we just want to solidify a bit the, the website, but then, yeah, uh, all the assets part is something we really want to integrate. Uh, I don't know if we might be able to follow uh, assets. It's something we could think about. But here, uh, having ha assets supported in our platform is definitely something we want to, to do. Uh, I mean, it's in our name. Our name is Luxo. We just want to look in everything that's happening to Luxo. So it's about profiles, but then assets as well. And when, when I'm telling about assets, it's like NFTs, but SBTs as well. It's something we really we're really interested in because we think it's really related to profiles, and well, uh, Luxo is a, a profile-based blockchain. So yeah, I think Alice, you have to, something to say about that as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just wanted to to expand a bit on 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 the question by uh, by Rob because I get the feeling he wants to know like, uh, well, not in a specific example, but visually what something like that could look like. Um, because I mentioned the, the thing about updatability of NFT. So um, we actually, and I think we have this written on the Drops website. Well, not something specific to that, even though it's outdated, which is uh, you being able to see the history of the NFT in full. Uh, this is something that visually could be very appealing for, well, for anyone to have on their uh, user profile. So I'm guessing Rob was asking, for example, if I have, um, an NFT that's been through, you know, events uh, as, you know, leveled up on games or if it's an in-game asset or even an in-game character because that's another huge, huge, uh, huge case. Uh, if you have an NFT which is a character and you level it up and you, and, and you might even take it outside one specific platform and take it to the other if that's something that uh, those platforms agree on. Uh, will all of this be visible on the profiles? And yes, that's perfectly doable. And I think it brings a lot of value because people will actually be proud to display. And again, we're going to give people the option probably to, to choose what they want to display. But um, 
but yeah imagine like you have your nft it's been through conferences it's it's been leveled up whatever it is that's been updated on the metadata uh you it would be visible on the user profile so this would be really interesting because from that specific point you would be able to expand on those uh, individual things like okay oh look this nft has because nft can have a, a token attached to it a soul on token the nft itself so oh look this nft has a soul on token for this convention or this game quest or whatever it is let me look a bit more into what it is and then you could open it and it takes you to you know somewhere that uh elaborates on what it is and who knows what else like this is actually dependent on the platform that that soulbound token refers to so all of this yes can be visible through that that's our idea with look so that's like samuel said is to look um same way like with either scan you could do this but basically would be looking at uh hashes and you know hexadecimal uh rows of 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 characters that you know would mean nothing to you, even for uh, technical people might not be able to to fully understand what it is because that's not how either scan doesn't actually show you everything. It so we kind of want to mitigate that. And to answer Rob's question, yeah, sure, that's something that uh, is doable and probably worth looking into in the future. Uh, I do have to, something to add. If I understood right the question as well, you thought about being able to follow uh, NFTs just as you follow uh, profiles. Well, uh, actually, like that's a really good idea. I didn't thought about that yet, but well, uh, right now we go on profiles and we can see what's happening. But uh, profiles are triggering events, but uh, assets are triggering triggering events as well. So yeah, I guess if you're, uh, for example, uh, looking for an NFT you really like, uh, you might want to subscribe or follow this NFT, and then on your feed you will see if it's uh, getting sale or something. So that's actually a really great idea, and I think. I mean, right now we don't have an asset page. We will have an asset page, and it could be. Uh, we'll see, but it could be similar to the to a profile page. I don't know. That's still something we need to think about. But yeah, that what well, that's a great idea. If I understood it well. I I gotta jump in here because I'm I'm just thinking about this. It's it sounds like there's currently a distinction between NFTs and profiles. But I do see a potential future. So being able to track those two things separately and their activity, I think, is very important. They do see a potential future there where NFTs assets end up becoming profiles themselves. So, like, imagine you had a character, uh, like you mentioned, Carlos, in a game that currently is just a skin. But say later on, the developer for the game rolls out like an AI update for that skin making that character have you know its own like autonomy on its own could that asset then be updated into a profile of its own that you then have control over but then that as a controller that profile can then go and operate on its own i think it would be it would be nice to be able to track those two things so or like tesla the tesla bot could be an asset that then becomes a profile later on i think uh yeah, being able to track those two things separately will be pretty cool and important. Yeah, I think even with, like, for instance, an avatar would, would have its own profile and then possibly each, like, type of clothing or accessory or sidekick that it brings would each have its own. Because then it's like each everything is fully customizable that way, right? Yeah, maybe maybe we'll even end up with with avatars that can't be owned and that can only be... You know, rented for a short amount of time and 
they kind of have their own sort of self-sovereign aspect to them. Yeah, that's definitely uh, doable, but um, that would require the people implementing them to have like a a good understanding, which I really think the people, you know, here talking, I, I already have of how all these implementations could work because all of this is doable. That's, uh, that's for sure. Just have to think about, uh, how to do it and you know, how not to do it. It's also equally important. So yeah, but I would agree 100%. Well, I'm going to be the guy that is going to be the timekeeper today because everybody's time is very valuable. And I appreciate all the time you've shared with us today, Carlos and Samuel. Um, to revisit the beginning here, I'm just going to tell you, I love that you called us Luxo fans because that's how we all start out. But then we turn into Luxo fam and we're a family. And I'll tell you, um, I think you gained some, um, some big fans today of drops and Luxo. I was already a fan, but I think you gained even more. And I consider us now all family because I really cherish the time that we spent together today, uh, Carlos and Samuel and the opportunity for us to talk. So I'll just uh, give an opportunity here for us to kind of go around, say some last words, and then we'll finish up our Sundays wherever we are in the world. So, yeah, thank thank you guys for for sharing your your backstory and, and both projects. I'm really excited about what you're building and and just what it means for because like these standards just really excite me and they have for a long time ever since I dove deep into them, um, but to finally see you know, some builders and creators coming and, and, and showing us how these things can truly be used, you know, with NFTs and, and 2.0 in general. It just really excites me. So I appreciate everything you guys are building and uh, best of luck moving forward. Yeah, uh, thanks guys for uh, for those words. I'm speaking, you know, from myself, uh, it was really great finally meeting you. Um, I do appreciate, you know, the vote of confidence you've given us and I do consider you guys, you know, as luck so fun. Uh, and I'm really happy to, um, you know, finally get to meet you. Well, in person, when it means like in a digital world kind of way, but uh, you know what I mean? Um, and I hope, you know, to be able to continue to contribute for uh, for all, you know, all that it's worth. So, uh, so yeah, thank you guys. And, um, you know, we'll keep in touch, as you know. Thanks. Well, thank Appreciate you, Carlos. I was just going to say it's been it's been a pleasure taking a deep dive into these projects, and I just want to thank you for all the correspondence and um, and for coming today. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, thank you both for taking the time to join us, and and thank you, Rob, as well for you know spending the time and putting together those two pink pill microdose articles. Um, definitely go check those guys out if you haven't. Um, yeah, I enjoy these conversations and like having guests like both of you up here, um, you know, it stimulates the mind and gives us, uh, some energy going into the week here. So, uh, I really appreciate that. Oh yeah. Just why I, I wanted to mention that as well. Um, Kriegel, thank you for, uh, for pointing it out that Rob has been, um, impeccable in, uh, in all his communication with us, uh, even debating ideas and, uh, you know, all in one, uh, participating in, in in what we're building. I, I he's been really active with us, so I just wanted to say thank you, Rob, for that as well. It's been, been a pleasure. 
Yeah, thanks everybody. That was really cool. I uh, really appreciated the crazy use case we, we talked about. It's actually really exciting. And thanks again, Rob, for all the crazy articles that you released about Luxo. I love it. Um, yeah, so Rob is definitely the all-star, uh, the unsung hero behind the scenes. He's done some amazing work with Felix Hildebrandt on some articles. Um, and uh, the pink pill microdoses are incredible. Um, Carlos, Samuel, we're going to be friends, right? Like that's what this is all about, making friends in the metaverse and then carrying to IRL, event, our IRL events in real life. Maybe we can get out to Portugal and uh, have some fun together at some point. That would be a really good time. Uh, and I know I speak for everybody else here. Uh, we're a, a, a bunch of normal people doing extraordinary things. So I think that that's really cool. That's the best part about Web3. Um, I, I want to make mention of the tweet up at the top. Uh, Keystyle is actually popping out a POAP. You can't win it you can only earn it by being here at the end of the space so if you want to grab a poll app from today which i'm sure we will find some way to say thank you very much for coming and meeting our wonderful community contributors and the projects and founders that come and talk on the pink pill that's what season two is all about so that baby's up at the top take a peek um you can find it up there and i guess on behalf of the entire keys Dow community Thank everyone for tuning in. We'll be back again next week at the same time for episode two of season two of The Pink Pill. Um, we'll see you all soon, everyone. Mm -hmm.